You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Genesis 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless. <laughs> Abraham was saying to God, Follow me, see. How many of us speak broken English here? You follow me, see? God said, I'm not following you to see. <laughs> he said, seeing I go what? But God was not seeing him childless. God, who is omniscient, could see all he had. So he said, I won't see with you. You see with me. Say tonight, God, don't see with me. Let me see with you. <laughs> Abraham, God was not seeing Abraham childless. God is eternal. But Abraham wanted God to come down and see with him. Hallelujah. It was David that said to us, he said, I will lift up my eyes beyond the hills. And when we were praying yesterday, we go, what happened? Why would David say, I will lift up my eyes beyond the hills? He said, I will lift up my eyes beyond the hills from where my help comes from. Where does my help come from? You know why? David was in the wilderness. Being pursued by Saul, Saul had the whole army of Israel. So oftentimes, David with his band of 15 men or 50 men will be in the wilderness looking for where to hide. They'll look on top of that hill. They see Division 2. They'll look on top of another hill. They see 82 Battalion. They'll look around. All they will see around them will be the armies of Saul. Then he will say to himself, where will my help come from? He said, I will look beyond the hills. I'll look to the heavens. And that was confirmed by the prophet when he said to his servant, he said, those that be with us are what? Are more. And indeed, the man's eyes were open. And what did he see? He saw all around chariots of fire. It matters where you look, sir. It matters where you look. Every dimension you choose to look, you see something. Praise the Lord. So Abraham said to God, follow me and see here. God said, no, follow me and see up. Somebody is leaving church tonight, following God to see. I hope that is correct language. But every Nigerian say, follow me, see this wahala. Don't follow them to see. Tell them, follow God and, and see what is happening in the heavenlies. Praise the Lord, somebody. Hallelujah. Okay, so we thank God and we trust that our lives will be transformed by the entrance of his word in Jesus' name. I want us to look at this passage as we start. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians 2. And um, I read from verse 6. It says here, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. 
For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. That we might know the things that have been what? Freely given to us by God. 13. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Brothers and sisters, tonight I want us to see something that is very fundamental in the word of God. We started on Sunday to say that in the natural education, at a very basic primary level, we teach children who are learning, we teach them identification. So if you put A, the letter A, okay, plus two P's and an L and an E, what do you get? Apple. So once you put those together, the child sees apple, isn't it? They see the word apple and the picture apple. And when you put four oranges in a picture together, the child will say, well, how many? Four. We have taught them how to identify and call things what we call it and measure things the way they should be measured, isn't it? So at a stage in learning, we learn greater than. How many of us remember greater than? Okay, so there is that, you know, um, figure now, what's that uh, sign that teaches children that 10 is greater than 9, isn't it? 19 is greater than 15. So they learn it. So they're able to begin to process and live in a normal world. So if somebody says to them, I will give you five and you'll give me four, I say, No, if I give you five, give me five. Why? Because they already understand measures. Now, the passage we are reading is saying, We also, as spiritual beings, must learn to think spiritual. Praise the Lord. We must come out from the world, which is the same that, you know, do not be comfortable, and begin to process things in the spiritual language. Says this wisdom that we are talking about is not the wisdom of the world. You see, in the world system, things go, you know, progressively, okay? One, two, three, four, five, six, isn't it? And obviously, if you want to get to eight, you will first get to seven, in the world system, isn't it? And someone who is at seven is better off than someone who is at two. Because seven is greater than two. But the Bible is saying that there is a wisdom. There is another system that operates that is completely different. And it says this wisdom is the wisdom that God ordained before the ages for our glory. Now, how does this wisdom function? They gave us an illustration. Verse 8 says, Which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known it, they would not have what? Crucified the Lord of glory. So let's break it down now. It means now, for instance, um, for those who know a bit of um, you know, history, Lumumba was the, uh, yes, Patrick Lumumba, that uh, CIA killed him. Okay, this man was rising, a wonderful leader in Africa, you know, but because they saw he was being aligned a bit to the social side, to Russia and the rest of them, to put him off and to finish him completely, they engineered, you know, a coup against him and killed him. And you know what, when they killed him, what happened? That was the end of his rule, complete end. 
when they killed him, they ended everything he represented. And the next man that came went in the opposite direction. Now, the same thing now. Jesus came. He was doing what he was doing. They said, let's kill this man and finish him forever. Isn't it? And they killed him up to today. They are regretting. Why did they kill him? You know why? They applied the wisdom of this world to a spiritual person. It's the same way for you and I. In the kingdom where we belong to, when they push you down, they're actually pushing you up. But if you don't understand it, <laughs> but if you don't understand it, and you're in this kingdom, and God is trying to help to take you up, you'll be crying that they're pushing you down. Listen, oh, Lord help me. When Joseph entered Egypt, he entered as a slave. He started rising. He started rising, isn't it? You know, rising. Then he became senior slave. Then he became manager. The office he had before the encounter with uh, Potiphar's wife was steward of the house. That's like chief of staff, praise the Lord, or PA, personal affairs or whatever. So he rose in Egypt and began to occupy a position of prominence. I mean, the Bible says Potiphar did not know what happened in the house except the bread he ate and that his wife. If he really knew the wife, I don't know if he knew the wife. But Joseph rose. Now, for Joseph to go to the next level, it was not by Potiphar writing a letter of recommendation. Dear Pharaoh, I have a man in my house that I begged to recommend for the office of prime minister. He has served me faithfully. That's what heaven wanted, Abby. And that's how men would have processed it. They would have made uh, Potiphar take Joseph by the hand and what? And lead him to Pharaoh. Now, but how does it operate in this kingdom where we come from? Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and what? And dies. It does what? It abides. But if he dies, he bears much fruit. So they say, how are we going to take Joseph to the next level? And they said, who are we going to find that will help him? Potiphar's wife said, I will help. How will I help? I will send him to jail by false accusation. Okay? I mean, she didn't know what she was doing. Anyway, the long and short, you know the story. When Potiphar took Joseph and drove him into jail, had they known, listen, that's the way it works everywhere. Spiritual people. They are going up. It's always by men pushing them down. But if you don't know, you will resist the going down because you're thinking carnal. You've not come to understand spiritual things. So many times believers face temptations and trials and circumstances and situations that seem as if if they obey God, they'll be pushed down. If they understand what you're learning today, they'll know that that is their promotion. Because God shoots you like catapult. How many of us do you know? Young children, you won't know catapult. You see, catapult, for them to take a stone forward in catapult, they first take it backwards. It's the wisdom of catapult. You see, you see had they known, they, they are crucifying him. You know, the Bible says, therefore, God had what? Highly ex That therefore could not have been possible unless men had crucified him. It's the wisdom of the kingdom we belong to. 
But when we don't understand it, we reason like the world. We are conformed to the world system. So you want something to continually, you know, be under pushing you up. No, it doesn't work like that. For the system of men, that's the way it works. But for the kingdom of God, it doesn't work that way. But the Bible says something that, and we touched it before we move. It tells us that this thing, we know it by his spirit. Praise the Lord. We know it by his spirit. That's why you must be deep. You must pray. You must study. You must spend time with God. Because if you don't spend time with God, the stimulus that is thrown out in your office, that is thrown out in your family, that is thrown out where you are, you respond to it like the world, which is the reasonable response. But it's not the spiritual response. So some of us have been in situations that, you know, the spirit now says, okay, this thing that has happened is how you respond. But it won't make sense. And nobody around you will agree. Because it doesn't make sense. But now, the Bible says, God has revealed what he has planned to you by his spirit. And the path to it is the obedience. It says, no man understands this thing. 12 says, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So you're married here. People are coming for your hand in marriage. Okay? And you look at one of them, and this person just has no... He has no future according to your human understanding. But the Spirit of God is telling you, that's him, that's him. That's him. Praise the Lord. But you cross-check. The car he's driving, his suit is not like, um, he's wearing coat, not suit. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, his grammar, ah, (laughs) colonia. You know, everything is, he's scoring FFF. But when you pray, you just have peace. But your flesh just doesn't agree. Okay? And then, you know, for some reason, you just refuse him. And then, after three years, you see the brother. You're looking at him, you're wondering, is it him or is it another? Then he will tell you it is I. Say, hello. (laughs) It is I. What has happened? You did not allow the spirit to lead you. The spirit knows the things that God has prepared. On Sunday, we said, as believers, our eyes are open for fast food. But as, you know, God is calling us to look for prepared things. Things that are reserved for us. Praise the Lord. Things that are reserved for us. There is a promotion. All of that is reserved. Joseph had a reserved promotion. Any mistake, he would have missed it. And gotten something not too bad. So we learn this, that we are different. Somebody say, I'm different. I'm different. Let's read again 12. It says, now you and I have received from 12. Not the spirit, there is a spirit of the world. But the spirit who is what? From God. Why? So that we might know the things God has what? Freely given to us. Praise the Lord. He said, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which what? The Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Today we learned to get connected that God made a promise to everyone. Say, someone from your loins will be your heir. Praise the Lord. And isn't um, Ishmael from his loins? But it's just that if he had compared spiritual things with spiritual, you know that God will not want to combine Abraham and, uh, and Hagar. The combination that heaven knows is what? Abraham and Sarah. But he was mixing natural with spiritual. And he brought us the Wahala we are still facing today. Ruga, you know, all of them. 
But he says we do what? We compare spiritual things with what? With spiritual. 14 says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are what? Foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because what? They are spiritually discerned. So what are we learning? In circumstances, ask Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What are you saying? Help me, what are you saying? I don't want to listen to the natural mind. Help me to know what you're saying. Okay? So he goes on and he says, but he that is spiritual judges all things. So these are some foundational things that we understand. And this is what makes you walk in the fullness of your position as a child of God. Praise the Lord. You know, there are children of God. Then there are those who have come to sonship, who by reason of use have brought their senses to the place of maturity. You're no longer being tossed about anyhow. No, you can interpret things. Praise God. So this is backing what we are learning. In the kingdom, we have our system. We have what we call our A, you know, B and C and D and all of that. We know how we form our words. We know how we string words to make statements. It's completely different from the way the world functions. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. We also learned on Sunday that David said, I count the thoughts of the Lord towards me. And why does he count the thoughts of the Lord? You see, God that you and I are dealing with said, I am spirit. Praise God, isn't it? God is spirit and what? Those who worship him must worship him. Now, in the physical, now, I cannot come here and slap Pastor Livingstone and tell him that was a slap of love. Praise the Lord. Unless I'm mad, isn't it? But I have a man that does physio for me. When he gets my leg, he will be slapping it. And I pay him. <laughs> Do you understand? And I pay him. Why? Because he's doing something for me. So there is understanding why this slap is coming. Do you understand? He's slapping me for me. Are you getting it now? <laughs> okay. Now, because God is spirit, the best of God, God everything about him is best. All of God is also what? Spirit. I want you to follow me. You know, I hope the Holy Spirit will help me clarify. All of God is spirit. Now, in this case now, okay, okay, still using the slab now. Maybe that, that doesn't capture it. Now, can I beat him up and say, living? You know, I really love you. That's why I started, you know, pointing. It wouldn't make sense. Because I'm physical. My actions show all that I am. Okay? Now, but God is spirit. So the Bible says, the psalmist says, how precious are your thoughts towards me? Now, because God is spirit and is primarily in the spirit, his thoughts and his actions and his intent, all of them equal one. But with him now, I can have a different thought and a different action and a different thing. So what I'm doing must correspond with what I'm thinking. If not, you arrest me. Is it not? In the case of Job, Job chapter 1 begins to tell us about Job. Say there was a man in laws. This man was the wealthiest man. This man was blameless. This is the Holy Spirit giving us testimony. This man was wealthy. God had blessed him in all things. Abby. In verse 8, show us verse 8. In verse 8, God himself says of Job, he says 
to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that one, that there is none like him on the earth, which means Mr. World was Job. Eh? Mr. Spiritual in the world was who? Was Job, number one. He said that there is none like him on the earth, what? A blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. What does that tell us? It tells us what God thinks of Job. This is God's testimony of Job. If you flip down further in the verse, God permits Satan to start destroying Job's things. So what are the events in Job's life? Do they show this thought? Are you following me now? His property is destroyed. His children are killed. Isn't it? And then even his body begins to be destroyed. Haba. But this is what God is thinking about the man. How do you reconcile the two? Is someone here with me? Very important. That's why David said, it is your thoughts. It is your plan. It's what you have in your heart to me. Because if I look at the occurrences in my life, I will make mistake. So I meditate on your thoughts, on your precepts, on your plans, on your purposes. If Job knew, maybe I believe he knew a bit. He knew his relationship with God. He knew, he understood a bit. You know, we have the privilege of reading the story now. But, but at that time, he didn't know all that we know. But you know, when you start reading the story now, you're just looking forward to the end when God will do what? Bless you. Hallelujah. Now, what about your own life? Why don't you also look at your life and fast forward to the end? In James 5, we're told, I think it's uh, James 5.11. James 5.11, yes. It says, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job. And seen what? The end intended by, so that what? The Lord is what? Very compassionate. And How does that match with Job chapter 2? How does that match with Job chapter 3? He's burying his seven sons and three daughters. His, all his goods, you know. How does that match? But you see, God says, don't look at that. Look at my plan. Because all of that will pass. But surely as I've thought, so it will come to pass. Is somebody getting it? So God is spirit and he exists at that realm. And because he's Alpha and Omega, he expects you everything in the middle. Just trust me. When I put my full stop, it will look like what I thought. The devil can never sign off on your life. Are you getting what I'm saying? He said, and the end intended so what of the middle the middle is the exam the middle god permits it hallelujah how many of us fly and don't like turbulence pilots don't bother about turbulence you know it doesn't disturb them you know it's not a big deal the things that might worry them may not even worry you because it doesn't shake the plane the one that is worrying you is turbulence because it's shaking the plane but it doesn't bother them because they know that it's just some water and some things in there that are passing through. And they pass through and continue. Okay? But they know that this journey, they've checked it, there are no storms and all of that. So they're not worried. But you are worried because you're feeling shaky. The same way what we're learning as children of God is in the path to entering into God's perfect end for us. We will pass through situations we may not understand. But it says, don't meditate on the situation. Meditate on my thoughts. And going back to Job chapter 1, where it now brings us to is the place of what is God's testimony concerning me. Because you can hear this now, and somebody is an evil doer, a murderer like the Bible says, and say whatever I'm going through is, uh, I'm, I'm like Job. You're not like Job. 
God had a testimony over Job before the thing started now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God had a, a testimony. And that's where, that's where the place of pursuing, you know, righteousness, peace, and joy. You know, that's where the place of walking, you know, in righteousness and purity with God comes in. Because at that point now, no matter the storm that comes, you know, the Bible was so detailed. It said even Job would often make offerings in advance, sacrifices, in case there was any trouble, let there be peace. Now, if you have done all that you can do or all that you should do, and for us now that are in Christ Jesus, under the new covenant, covered with the blood, okay, what else will you do to avoid the circumstance you're passing through? That's why the Bible says those who wait upon the Lord, they will renew their strength because that season will pass and then the thoughts and the plan of God will come to manifest. That's what it is. But now what happens is this, if you're not solidly, you know, holding on to him, when the moments come, you begin to feel God has abandoned me. How many have felt like that recently? God has abandoned me. Now, ask yourself, why should he abandon me? Have you ever asked yourself that? Why will God abandon me? Is he incapable or is he unreliable? I mean, is he mean? God is not of, none of that. God is not incapable. God is not unreliable. God is not me. If anything, he's your father. He says, as a father, Peter, he says, so also I have compassion on you. So why will you think he abandoned you? The only reason we think like that is because of the current circumstance we're saying. But he's saying to you, lift up your eyes. Praise the Lord. He's saying to you, lift up your eyes. Someone has rejected you. Someone has insulted. Something, you know, has offended you. And you're saying, God, where are you? And God is saying, I'm here. I still love you. Do you still love me? Praise the Lord. Do you still love me? Let's take it from another angle and, and you know, the Holy Spirit will help us. In Deuteronomy 6, 23, we are told that he brought them out, brought the children of Israel out. He brought us out from there that he might do what? Bring us in. God is Alpha and his word. When he said to the devil, have you considered my servant Job? The plan in the heart of God was to shame the devil and bless Job. That was the game plan. Now, along the journey, it looked like the plan was, or rather the actions were looking as if the devil was to be glorified and Job would be shamed, isn't it? But did you notice in that story, after Job refused to curse God, refused to blaspheme, you didn't hear the devil again. It was as though the devil retired. So the scripture that says, submit to God, resist the devil, and what will he, he will scamper, he will flee. You see, these things work. But if Job every day was checking, this God, this God now, wow, not the real now, this God now, wow, this God now, you see, you see the devil visiting you all the time. But when the devil knew that this man trusts in God, this man is waiting on God. He's not waiting on me. Some of us are waiting on the devil. God, I'm giving you two hours. By August 2019, if they don't propose, God, I will go to that unbeliever. The devil knows you're waiting on him. He will wait. But Job said, that is your business. Shall I receive good and not? Whatever comes, once it's from God, I will wait. What will the devil be hanging around? You will not hear his name mentioned. Go and search the book. He was not mentioned again. He retired from Job's case. May the devil retire from your case in Jesus' name. Simple. He retired. 
The rest of the lesson was just God trying to bring him up to a deeper revelation of himself. The devil didn't show up again. If in your life the devil is always showing up, it's because you're waiting on him. You have a dream, you have a second. This God, who is the devil? Praise the Lord. The angels are not in heaven marveling. Who is the devil that you're mindful of? This doesn't come up. It's man. We are the wonder of God's creation. The devil is one thing that we'll see. He says, imagine, do you know how many of us have killed cockroaches with our legs? That's what the Bible said we'll do to the devil. It says we'll bruise his head, isn't it? The thing we'll just, you see, that's what we're going to do. It's just that for now, we're writing an exam. So he's the examiner. So he's going to come up sometimes. But the moment you know who he is, and know who you are in God, and know who you are, and certainly that your God is good, and his thoughts, you're not going to be using thermometer every time. You wake up today, say, God, do you love me? If you love me, let the, let the alert come in now. <laughs> when you live a life like that, unstable, the devil will just, hang, will just rent house in your neighborhood. You know? Every day you're checking blood pressure. You're checking this. You're checking your eye. Can I see better now? Can I? You say, can I? I I'm seeing great. There's something here. Maybe it's this sign of this. The devil will be talking to you. because He will be bringing suggestions. He will help you. Are you with me? So these things are very basic and they, they just work. So the psalmist said, I'm not going to look at what I'm going through. I'm going to look at you, my God, what you have said concerning me. What has God said concerning you? He says, I know the thoughts. God's thoughts are equal to his actions because he cannot lie. He cannot change. He cannot stop midway. Do you understand? He can. His plans are already established. He's not, you see, when we say God is going to do something, it's at our level that he's going to do it because whatever he is, he is now. Praise God. Let's take it from this angle. Omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient, okay? Because God is omnipotent, we understand that God has all power. That one is very easy. But when we say God is omnipresent, what do you see as God being omnipresent? It means he's here now and then he's in your house, Abby. And then he's in Ghana, okay? I hope he's not preferring Ghana to Nigeria. I don't know why all these things are happening. You know, Ghanaians can go to U.S. now, no visa. We that used to do Dropbox, we have to do Qbox, and I have to stand and keep. Okay, God is everywhere, omnipresent. But do you know not omnipresent, we often forget. Omnipresent also means he's here now when you're going through your difficulties. And then he's there when everything is over. So when you're crying, this thing is too much for me. He said, I know that you can bear it. Because he said, no temptation has befallen but such as is common. And God will not allow you to be what? Tempted be. So God knows you will survive what you're going through now. And he's not guessing. You know why? Because in his omnipresence, he's already where Job finished well. But because you're one present, you're only in that point. But you have to thank him because he knows what, he will never sign up on your life what he knows he has not seen finished. That's why his thoughts are what, because you see, being omniscient, he can't compress himself into one dimension. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We live in one dimension. You're here, you're here, isn't it? Are you your tomorrow? Huh? So how do you want to understand all that God is doing? It's impossible. Somebody saying, but God, why? God, why? He can't explain to you, you're here. How many things have we not understood? And then when we got five years later, we say, aha, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God. You see, God, while you were there, he was there and here and there. 
That's omnipresence. Omnipresence is time. He was there before, he's there now, and then he can see all of it when it's over. So he could look at Job. Job suffered though. Huh. Job suffered. But he could see Job blessing him. While he was seeing that, he was seeing this. And that's why he could wait. But Job couldn't see. And that's where faith comes in. And that's why we're learning what we're learning now. So it's beyond what I'm feeling. It's beyond what I'm going through. His thoughts. He said, he whom he foreknew, he also what? Predestinated. You are, there's a predestination for you. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, you know, some of these things we learn as we go. Omniscience is his, yeah? And you're crying. You know, his love and his plan and all of that. If he brings you out now, you'll be like on dumb bread. And you won't be happy when you get to the other place. So it's as though he has turned his back. The only thing that will be happening is that in that moment, he promised he will give grace. So he keeps giving grace. He keeps giving grace. You know why? Because he knows glory will come at the end. Praise the Lord, somebody. I wanted to, on Sunday, to tell you, maybe this is the time to tell us a story. How many of us know the song, um, No, Not One, the hymn, No, Not One? No, Not One. How many of us know the hymn, Higher Ground? Okay. The man who wrote those hymns is also the one who wrote Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One. Okay? That man wrote, I think, either 50,000 or 5,000 hymns. Him alone. The man, I have his name written. I'll get his name. This man, this boy, was born to a father who was the best singer in the community. The father could sing so well. So he was known, you know, for his, you know, singing gift. And when he was growing up, it was only natural. He wanted to sing, but it was not working. It's like Bastikin, you know. It wasn't working, you know. It wasn't working. Nobody accepted his singing gift. So he struggled in singing, struggled in Finally, he gave up and went into, you know, ministry and went to missions and went to missionary school and all of that. At the age of 32 or 33 years, he realized he could write songs and then others would sing. So he started writing songs. He started writing songs. And then he found out that his gift, because his songs were becoming hits everywhere, that his gift was not to sing it, but to write it. Today, nobody knows his father. But his songs, generations unborn will yet sing his songs. So when he wrote, count your blessings, it was beyond counting what you could see. He was actually, if he knew what we know now, he would have written, count your stars. Because he almost, like her sister said, he could have been depressed. Because for, you know what it means to have a father that could do something? And you just think, I mean, what else? And you know, Americans, you know, don't do the same we do. If your father is doing something, automatically you have to do it. So this man struggled. I have his name here. What's his name? Johnson Oldman Jr. 5,000 songs before he died. He realized that God's own for him was to write the songs. Now, we don't know his father, but everybody sings his songs. If throughout those years he knew that God's plan for him was to do something that would outlast even what his father was doing, his years of struggling, he would have used them to just be laughing and rejoicing. What are you struggling over now? Because you don't know what has been freely given to you. Are we understanding these things? Child of God, you that are here, when heaven looks, 
They don't count uh, 700 people or 70 people came to church. No, they say you came. And in God's book, his thoughts to you are written individually. But the challenge is, will you respond? Will you tell him, Lord, I have heard your voice. God, I'm coming to you. And as we round up tonight, I just want to encourage us. No situation. You see, our time is gone. I don't want to get into omniscience. Because if you also understand omniscience and begin to understand that God has no surprises. They don't surprise God. If somebody gets up now and does something to you, before he thought of getting up, the omniscience of God checked it. Does it fit into my blessing for you? Do you get it? And when he factors all of that, his omnipotence will say, can I handle it? What he means is, if they do it to him, can I bless him with it? So he says, I think that can be the kickstart of the blessing I want to. So he says, go. Are we understanding something? So I just want you to come up higher. Praise the Lord. I want you to just come up higher. Let's leave the devil down. Let's leave the world. Let's leave the spirit, the natural man, the spirit of the world, the thing that measures like the world, that counts, you know, everything just on sight. No, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. And this faith is not guesswork. It's understanding. It's understanding. He has an end in mind. I'm a covenant child. Brethren, you're born again here. God has put his glory, attached it to your testimony. If you don't disconnect, he will see to it. And you're not going to disconnect by the grace of God. Let's rise on our feet. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. I want you to begin to thank the Lord. I know many of us may be in different situations and circumstances. But let's thank him. He knows. He knows. He knows. Job said he knows the way that I take. <laughs> Job says he is going to wait for me at the finishing line. And he will perfect it. I want you to thank the Lord. Whatever burden that you are carrying that is heavy. Tell him, Lord, you weighed it. And you thought I could go through it. Lord, help me with it. That's where prayer comes in. Lord, I trust you with this. You can handle it. You can handle it. You can handle it. You can handle it. I want you to see how great is the sum of his thoughts. He's a mighty God. God is not there, you know, just getting surprised by events or being overwhelmed, you know, by circumstances. No, he's almighty. He's almighty. He is 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 almighty. And he's your father. He's your God. He's your God. So you can actually thank him. You can make a life. The message translation says, our dialect is thanksgiving. That's our dialect. You can actually just thank him. Thank him, thank him, thank him. Every hour, every day, every second, every situation. You can just be thanking him. You know why? Because he is God. And he's got it all factored in. He's got it all worked out. He's the glory and the lifter of your head. He's the God of Abraham. He's the God of Isaac. He's the God of Jacob. He's the God of our fathers. He's our God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. He's the God who loves you. 
He's a God who wants to bless you. He wants to bring you to a future and to an expected end. He is our God. He is our own God. And he is the one who chose us for this very thing. We did not choose him. He's the one who said, I will walk in you. I will put my glory on you. I will make a testimony of your life. I will make it an example of my faithfulness, of my power, of my greatness in your life. I want you to thank him. I want you to thank him. Whatever it is, I want you to see God bringing all his thoughts, the sum total of his thoughts, come to fruition in your life. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. In the name of Jesus. I, I want to point something out here that will help us as we close. And I want to ask a few questions so you help me quickly. If I was going to be awarded a degree in law as a lawyer, what would I be tested in? What exams would I write? That's law and constitution, right? If I was going to be awarded a degree, a license to practice as a medical doctor, what would I be tested in? F human physiology and medicine, right? Okay. God is saying, I want to show my glory through you. I want to make you a testament to those who cannot see me. That when they see you, they'll say, truly, God is. What will you be tested in? What will you be tested in? Sorry? No, wait, they, uh, they, uh, have you written medical exam before? Have you written jurisprudence? See, I tell him. There are challenges. What type of challenges? It will be in godliness. So no matter how the problem comes to you, they are testing you only on one thing. Your godlikeness. So it might come in finances. But they want to see, will you respond in a godly manner? It might come in whatever. The area they're looking for. Go and read the Bible. They never tested them in physics. They never tested them in chemistry. All their test was in godlikeness. And then as they passed the test of godlikeness, God gave them physics. God gave them mathematics. God gave them money. God gave them naira. God gave them interpretation of it. But the test was godliness. You're having issues in your marriage. The test will be what? Godliness. I don't have problem with those who say wear shorter skirts and put more makeup so that your husband will love you. But the test that heaven is looking to promote you with is what? Godliness. Because they want to make you a sample of God where you are. As we close, I want you to receive grace to pass your test. You're not going through a financial problem. You think it's a test of what? Godliness. When you pass that test of godliness, money will answer to you. It's a test of what? Godliness. That's what it is. That's what it is. They don't test a lawyer in medicine. They don't test a doctor in law. They're testing the area they want to. You are going to appear. You're going to walk around. And God will say, this is my beloved son. In whom I'm what? Well pleased. What did they test Jesus? It's godliness. Tonight I want you to ask the Lord. I receive grace. I receive grace. That's the sum total of Christianity. It's not entrepreneurship. It's not it. It's not it. It's not it. It's godliness. Is the character of God. Is the fruit of the Spirit. So whatever happens, that's why Jesus said, if they slap you, don't bring muscle and slap back. Turn your right cheek to them 
and show them God. Show them God. Show them God. Young lady trusting God for a life partner. What will bring the breakthrough? Godliness. It's not attractiveness. It is godliness. That will make God say, your time has come. I put you in a family. It's godliness. It's godliness. It's godliness. Lord, help us. Help me. Help me. Help your church. Help your church. Let us pass the test of godliness. Let us pass this test. Help us, O oh Lord. You promised that after we have suffered a while, you will perfect us, establish us, strengthen us, and settle us. After we have suffered a while, you will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle. Lord, help us to remain strong, to remain faithful, to remain reliable, to keep loving, to keep be being patient, to keep speaking the right words. Help us, O oh Lord, to continue to bring the right response in spite of the situation, in spite of the provocation, in spite of the difficulty. Help us. Lord, help me. Help me. When I'm shaking, let me distill godliness. When I'm harassed, let me diffuse the fragrance of Christ. When I'm in lack, when I fall, when I'm lifted, when I'm blessed, whatever happens, oh Lord, oh my God, I receive grace. I receive grace. I receive grace. I receive grace. We 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 receive your grace. Thank you, Father. Breathe upon us, O Lord. Breathe upon us. A fresh grace, O Lord. A fresh grace for this dimension. Help us, O Lord. For the Lord God, the Bible says, is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and he will give glory. And as he gives it, he says, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Father, we thank you. I want you to bless the Lord. For the Lord is for you. God is on your side. God is on your side. God is for us. Yahweh is for us. God is for us. God is for us. God is for us. Ale Kaposanda. He is on our side. Hallelujah. Thank you, our Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.